0: Build a perfect inbound marketing strategy with inside secrets from ian stanley at hubspot welcome to the better different podcast we got a great episode for you today with ian stanley the marketing director remia from hubspot You can also know him as the guy that's in your inbox three times a week, and I know him as the first guy I ever invited to a hotel room in Brussels. Don't worry, nothing happened aside from the kick-ass interview, where he talks about how to build an inbound marketing strategy, tips and tricks, the future of content marketing, and Jameson Whiskey, because, well, he's Irish. But first, let me salute you for joining the Better Different movement. By listening to the podcast, you join us on our mission to kill mediocre marketing and lame branding. My name is Dennis van der Locht and we're here to give you everything trending on marketing and branding to make sure you can grow a kick-ass brand without the boring and annoying marketing tricks we all hate but see way too often. It doesn't matter if you're an entrepreneur or chief marketing officer, marketing manager or growth hacking startup hipster. With building a great brand comes the great responsibility to not be lame. Do your part on the fight against mediocrity by sending us your stories about brands who need a high five or marketing that deserves a face bomb. Let us know on Twitter at DennisVDLO or send an email to Dennis at com. Now enjoy this episode of The Better Different Podcast. Hi, we're joined now by Ian Stanley from Hotspot. Um, we're here in Brussels uh, where you'll be speaking at the uh, Growth with Hotspot event tomorrow. Uh, What will you be talking about? Um, We'll be talking a lot about marketing,
1: which is my number one favorite topic, and we'll be talking about growth and how the two things are intertwined, and how marketers are more empowered now than ever, than they've ever been in the past, Mm -hmm. to drive growth within their businesses.
0: Okay, amazing. And uh, what is it you do at HubSpot? So I'm the director for marketing
1: for EMEA. Um, Myself and the team are focused on the EMEA market, so Europe, Middle East, and Africa. Um, Our responsibilities are about driving the brand, getting HubSpot's brand out there, developing
0: qualified leads for our sales team, and driving revenue for the business. Okay, there probably are people that haven't heard about HubSpot yet. Mm-hmm. They are, they exist, probably. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're listening, but for those who are listening who don't know HubSpot, can you do a short introduction? Sure, so
1: HubSpot are a software company. We create software, mm-hmm. um, and we service the sales and marketing uh, people of the world. So we produce, we have a marketing platform, and our marketing platform is really designed to solve a lot of problems that marketers are faced with today. So... All marketers are trying to attract an audience to their brand. They're trying to convert that audience into leads into their database, and they're trying to drive revenue for their, to, through to their sales team. Mm-hmm. Um, so the HubSpot marketing product is really about trying to solve some of those problems and give a platform that can enable modern marketers to do modern marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, we've also got a sales product, and our sales product is like a CRM. Um, mm-hmm. But it's not a very traditional CRM. It's got a different take on how sales can actually engage with their prospects um, and move those through the funnel. Mm-hmm. So we're a software company, we provide for sales
0: and marketing. Okay, but you're probably uh, better known for, uh, well, being the inventors of inbound marketing. That's correct. Okay. So alongside the software, we also have
1: what we call the inbound marketing methodology. And the inbound mm-hmm. marketing methodology is how we see the world of marketing. I mean, we've, we know, all marketers, I think, are aware now that the, the old playbook of marketing doesn't work anymore. The approach where you shove your message in front of every eyeball that you can get in front of... Um, pushing and pushing your message, if anything just does damage to your brand. Mm -hmm. So the way we see the world with marketing, um, it's more about flipping that around in reverse, providing real value for marketers that's gonna attract them to your brand, that makes them want to come to you. You wanna be the content that that marketers wanna consume. Mm -hmm. Now, that applies to us, we're obviously trying to attract an audience of marketers, but equally, if you're a hairdresser or if you're a software provider or a technology provider, it doesn't really matter what industry you are. Um, the marketing playbook the fundamental one that everybody has been using for years and years and years the interruptive one mm-hmm. um, no longer works and we see a different way and a better way and we've seen fantastic success with that and so our
0: customers. but for the hairdresser um, mm-hmm. an inbound marketing strategy wouldn't it just take too much time to build an audience uh, mm-hmm. that way soon they um, I, I can imagine they probably have a, a faster return on investment or placing an ad in the newspaper yeah I mean you could say in the short term, typically
1: like an outbound approach can be very effective. I mean, if, mm-hmm. you, if, you, if you're doing something that's very time sensitive and you need to hit a particular number by the end of the week or by the end of the day or whatever it might be, and you've got a very focused strategy, out can, outbound can be very effective. There's no doubt about that. But we also think that it can be very damaging towards your brand. Mm-hmm. I think um, there's a lot of negative impact of pushing your brand and your marketing and your messaging in front of people continuously. I think it's also a lot more effective to have an inbound strategy you certainly see a much higher return on investment because you know for all of those ads that you're putting up whether they're through tv ads billboards any of those kind of magazines or any Mm -hmm. of that kind of stuff you're generally paying to rent space in somebody else's media Um. so over time you know when your budget runs out your marketing stops your business stops flowing your revenue from that particular source is gone by building an inbound marketing strategy where it's really focused on content and social media and search engine ranking and all those different things mm-hmm. it's a much more organic approach and over time that becomes even more valuable you actually develop an asset within your business that drives more and more traffic a great example of that we've got some fantastic numbers in hubSpot we love our numbers we're metric crazy <laughs> um, but some of the numbers that we see like fifty percent of the leads that we generate on a monthly basis mm-hmm. are from campaigns that were, that were ran over a month ago if that makes wow. sense so over time, for every campaign we run, every blog post we write, every social media uh, message that we, that we tweet mm-hmm. or share or, um, on social media, over time that has a compounding effect mm-hmm. and it continues to deliver us leads. So the traffic that we attract to our website is really focused tra- traffic, mm-hmm. um, really engaged traffic, and really wants to get to know our brand, what we do, the products that we provide, and the information and the knowledge that we have. Mm-hmm. So I think going with an inbound approach is a much more kind of it's much more like a magnet that draws people in because you're providing for their needs
0: uh, rather than shoving your message down their throat okay got it but for the uh, entrepreneur who has a uh, entrepreneur who has a limited budget mm-hmm. or for the for the cmo the marketing manager who is mm-hmm. in a lot of pressure in the short, short uh, uh, short-term economy mm-hmm. who has to get uh, roi as fast as possible how much time do you Advice they should take to start up their inbound marketing because mm-hmm. it's not when you start it it, it it has to what you say compound over over, ta- over mm-hmm. time over yep. time to really get success with it uh, yep. but wh- wh- how does that look like?
1: Yeah, I mean, and to be honest with you, I'd love to be able to show you some some of our charts. It's unfortunate that <laughs> this medium doesn't allow for sharing of visuals. Okay, paint us um, a word picture. But I'll cr- <laughs> I'll, yeah, I'll create I'll create a picture in your mind if I can. Um, so I think that is a challenge. I mean, I think mm-hmm. a lot of companies actually give up very early. Um, I suppose it's like there's a lot of a lot of references to you know joining a gym and keeping fit and that kind of stuff like if you join a gym and you go twice you don't get fit Mm, it doesn't work so you have to make a commitment to it Um, now what what we wouldn't expect a company to do is like if they're running all this paid media and that's how their business is set up and that's Mm. how they see their success we wouldn't suggest that they should switch all of that stuff overnight but I think really what companies smart companies are starting to do is really starting to shift that budget and shift that focus Um, away from paid media and Mm. more towards an inbound approach. And I think equally the resources go hand in hand with that. I mean, you know, I've worked in businesses where I have spent, you know, 50, 60, 80, 100,000 euros or dollars, Mm. monthly, quarterly. And really, the best thing I could have done in that position is actually hire more staff, more content writers, um, rather than flushing money
0: uh, down the drain on advertising every month. Because it builds a brand and not just an- Absolutely. It builds a brand and builds a following and people that want to consume your content. Mm-hmm. Um, but content marketing, a, a huge part of inbound marketing, of course, um, is growing rapidly over the years and it's mm-hmm. still grow, it still will grow, it will expand enormously uh, the couple of the years to come. Mm-hmm. But um, with all that content being published and being generated, don't you think there will be an overload in content? I wouldn't say there would be an overload.
1: Um, I suppose when you think back of, you think back to. You know different media, different formats, different mm-hmm. pieces of content, whether it 's newspapers, magazines, like traditional media. I think at one point in time, people probably ask similar questions, but the best will always be the best. So we would always say to companies, don't produce content and just push it out there, like really focus on like every piece of content that you produce is it represents your brand, and you want to be, become the expert in your field, in whatever niche that you 're in, from something as broad as marketing to something as narrow as can't think of an example but something really really (laughs) narrow um you know you want to become the people that people turn to i mean we were a small business once it's not Mm. that long ago it's actually our 10th year this year um at one point in time we were three or four people in a small office a home office um and we've become a very large business very successful business because we've we've eaten our own dog food we we do this ourselves (laughs) we use our own software Mm. we do our own playbook and that's very much what our event about is about tomorrow. It's like teaching people how to be better at marketing mm-hmm. and how to invest wisely and make that
0: transition from, you know, if they're, if they're fully outbound,
1: making that transition from outbound to inbound.
0: But what do you think the future in content marketing will look like? Sorry, yeah, I went off track there.
1: That, um, okay. So I think, like, yeah, I think it's really, there. Are, there is going to be more content and more and more businesses. We see it all the time, I mean, mm-hmm. across... Across the US, across Europe, we see more and more companies being successful with inbound marketing, and we see a lot more agencies in particular getting involved. Um, and I think, again, yeah, it's about really keeping that bar really, really high. Mm-hmm. I think the formats are changing. I think people are guessing um, life seems to be getting faster, there's a lot more notifications and beeps and bells that we're always drawn to, um, and marketers have to continue to adapt to you know, make sure that they're in the place where their, where their prospects are and where people are engaging with their brands. So whether that's on um, podcasts, whether it's on the e whether mm-hmm. it's, you know, social media. Social media is a changing landscape as well, and I think over the next couple of years, we're going to see a lot of disruption there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think the attention span of consumers is dropping mm-hmm. rapidly. I think everybody has ADHD right now, who is actually at Um But what is your take on the changes in that buyer journey? What do you think, mm-hmm. uh, if you want to, to dare to do a prediction in a couple of years, uh, would you Ooh. say, yeah, I, I know, what. Well, I'm not a fan of predictions. <laughs> I'm
1: really not a fan of predictions because it's things are changing so quickly. Um like apps like Periscope. Yep. Fantastic app we were just talking about a few moments ago.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's one of
1: these things where you go, This is the next big thing next big thing. Yeah. And then it goes quiet and then it comes back and like you don't really it's very hard to predict the next big thing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, think Meerkat, Meerkat is also a live streaming exactly. app and last week yeah. I just heard they're changing the pivoting as a right. startup do yeah, yeah. their business model to a different kind of social mm-hmm. network. So yeah. uh okay. You're not a fan of predictions, got it no but you're but a fan on metrics, you say. yeah uh, um, so let's go there data yeah. um, for a good inbound marketing strategy or content mm. marketing strategy, yeah. um, what metrics do you uh, do you advise
1: So we look at every metric at every la- layer of the funnel, we take some more seriously than others, of course
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, so I mean like things like impressions and that kind of stuff they' they're an indicator of success you know of course email, you've got open rates and click-through rates and that kind of stuff, but really I mean when I think of our funnel um, it very much depends on the market that we're in so for mm-hmm. example we have a fantastic german blog we have a french blog we have a mm-hmm. spanish blog they're being really successful at the moment but they're e- much earlier in the stage much earlier in the process than they would be say the english language blog which is really developed over time Yep. so like when you're starting out and you're trying to get a blog up and running and trying to build a following you might just mm-hmm. be thinking about well what's my traffic like and you know so the smaller metrics, the softer metrics like bounce rate and that kind of stuff, now, mm. a little bit fluffy, yeah. but they're the things that we look at as indicators. Um, we're obviously using that. We're using that content, developing content, trying to get people onto the site, and then we're thinking about social shares and show, social following. Are we building um, social organic social following now, not just buying
0: mm, more, followers more and all more that kind of stuff? Indian genuine people, people, yeah. people,
1: genuine people that are interested in following the brand, mm-hmm. um, and then from there we think about like the volume of leads that we can generate. Um, and it's, you know, a lead can be defined by, you know, the amount of data, it could be two or three data points, it could be 50 uh-huh. data points, depending on what you're looking for. We also think further down the funnel, how many marketing qualified leads are we generating? Mm-hmm. And for us that means a like somebody that signs for a trial or somebody that engages with our sales team. And then we're looking to opportunities and the number of deals that we've won, and know, the revenue that's generated from those and then sourcing, looking back through the funnel to see which channels they've come from. And of course, HubSpot is the tool we use internally, so that gives us great insights in terms of where we're Mm. being successful. And it also helps us pivot in terms of our resources, whether we need more manpower, we need less investment or more investment in particular areas. So it's the full breadth of the funnel. Yeah. it can be a challenge, and I can appreciate you know, companies that don't use software like HubSpot. It can be mm-hmm. really difficult to kind of tie those numbers together and like yep. get a clear picture of your funnel. But I think it's only when you have those numbers to hand and when you mm-hmm. can see the path, the conversion paths, that you can start to make really educated decisions about where you invest your time, your, your resources, and, and your money.
0: Yep. Yeah. In my experience, when I talk to clients about adopting inbound marketing, it's kind of like selling a religion. Mm. When you believe in it, it works really, really well. Mm. And if you don't believe in it and you do it anyway, it doesn't work because you don't believe in it. Absolutely. I mean, you do have to make a commitment like anything else. I think, you know, I've heard it since I was a
1: very young child. The more you put into something, the more you get out of it. And we have seen, like, as I say, some of the charts. I can't show you the charts, but Mm -hmm. we have seen some phenomenal growth we've done uh, we've, we look back at our own history, we look back at how we mm-hmm. evolved as a company, mm-hmm. uh, the volume of traffic we get to our site. I mean, you're talking 2 million monthly visits to our site, yep. uh, to our blog, people reading our content. And social share and social following follows that kind of trend line. So a lot of our charts look like what in the States they call a hockey stick, mm-hmm. um, what in Ireland we'd call a hurley stick.
0: Okay, in Holland, stick- it's uh, the hockey stick as well. Okay, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, So yeah, so and basically, it's it's just a ramp. It just mm-hmm. it goes faster and faster. It accelerates, and the growth literally, because it has that compa- compounding effect, and because the more content you quality content you're producing, the more people you're attracting, the more they mm-hmm. share with their network. It literally just as a it's, it's phenomenal. Um, we've taken our own history we've looked across all of, the custo- all of our own customers. Yeah. Um, I think the study was done about a year ago, so at the time we had only about 15,000 customers at the time. We've gone up from there. Mm. But across those 15,000 customers, we see exactly the same sort of trends. The more they invest in their blog, the more they invest in social media, the pages on their website, mm. and producing valuable content that's really aligned with their personas, their, their marketing personas and their, user persona- or their buyer personas, mm-hmm. that those trends follow through. So the more you commit, the more results you get out of it hmm. and then naturally, the less it's costing you. So the
0: ROI just continues to go up. Okay, but for the marketing manager who got that uh, convinced, that he, he got the budget to experiment with content marketing, he mm-hmm. got the blog, he got the visitors, yep. um, but he probably got the CEO and the CFO checking uh, the numbers and say, well, I see you have a lot of visitors on your blog, uh, you have a huge awareness on social media, mm. but how do you get sales? What, mm. what can you recommend to that marketing manager to? say to the CEO.
1: Yeah, I mean I think it's 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 it can be very tough. It can be very tough to be able to draw the line between visitors and um, the line between visitors and social media following and engagement and that kind of stuff with revenue. It can be really tough and that's that is difficult. I mean I've mm. been in that position myself. I've you know knocked on my CMO's door and I said, Hey I'm looking for additional budget and he says, Why would I give you budget? Show him tiny story like <laughs> exactly. and I kinda Walk away with my, my tail between my legs, as they say. <laughs> um, and it can, it can be a challenge. So I think you know, I think the more data that a marketer has to their hands, the more they can build a case. I mean, I can very easily see. I can look at dashboards in the morning and see exactly where we're being effective, whether it's social media, whether it's, uh, whether it's a specific campaign we ran, whether it's mm-hmm. a specific blog post, whether we're getting engagement on social media and how that is directly impacting the volume of leads, the volume of MQLs, the opportunities, and the revenue we're generating. Mm-hmm. Um, so really, it's only by having those sort of tools that you can make those smart decisions. Yeah, um, but certainly, I mean, if you're not doing any inbound marketing, if you don't have haven't produced any content, I think you can experiment very quickly. You can take a couple of hours a week. You can say, "Well, I'm going to spend my Friday afternoon. I'm going to try and build some content that's going to mm-hmm. attract an audience." You can experiment with that, and I think even just with those small numbers, and you can say, "Well, I've grown traffic by ten percent, fifteen percent by taking this approach," and I believe that if I Spend a little bit more time that I can grow further. Yep. I think any CMO, any smart um, business person, regardless of they're a marketer or not, would see mm-hmm. the value on that, and you know, reward that with extra time and extra flexibility.
0: Okay, when I look at uh, at good quality content, um, that is producing good data, good numbers. Mm. It's always based on uh, a really good targeting to the right buyer personas. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? Okay, so yeah, buyer personas are something that we really,
1: really believe in and HubSpot. I mean, I think you have to know your audience there you you can't just you can't assume you are your own audience Mm -hmm. you have to start from scratch and you have to say okay so who are we actually trying to target what are they interested in what what challenges are they coming across and whether you're a product company or a service company or whatever industry you're in whatever product or service you're providing solves a problem and maybe it's an agency and maybe you provide design services or marketing services or Maybe you've got this magical widget that does incredible things. But either way, you're only a successful business if you've got a successful product or service that solves problems. And I think it's about understanding those problems and understanding the people that have those problems mm-hmm. and providing solutions ar- around that, not necessarily saying, hey, you know, you've know, you got X, Y issue, I've got, got A, B solution. Mm-hmm. It's more about like how do I think about that, those problems and those challenges mm-hmm. and create content that, that can surround that, that can attract people like that. Mm -hmm. Now that's a very convoluted answer (laughs) Um, I think buyer personas are a tough one to get your head around but I think it's fundamental it should be step one really when it comes down to um, when it comes down to creating really good content that's going to attract an audience Mm -hmm. Um, and we actually, one of the things so it's it's kind of a cross reference but Mm -hmm. when we're talking about content marketing a lot of the time people think about ebooks but one of the key things that we we try to think about is like how can we use different formats and different medias sure there's so a girl on our team produced a tool called make my persona yeah. and it's on make my persona.com okay and what it does is it actually asks you a series of questions around persona development mm-hmm. all you have to do is answer the questions and once you've answered those questions it emails you back a link of a persona and it's like a word document that you can download and edit
0: but it it's a fantastic
1: tip. little document that really helps people kind of make that first step because people hear a lot about, about persona driven marketing, I don't mm-hmm. know what this is, I don't know how it works. And all this does is a little questionnaire, you answer the questions, you get a persona back. And already you can print that out, you can give it to your sales team, you can give it to your product team, your services team, whatever teams that you work with and say, mm-hmm. This is the person we're going after. How can we create content? How can we create an experience? How can we create services and products around this
0: persona? All right. Um, That's a great tip. Thanks for sharing that. Mm-hmm. For all the listeners who now think, yay, I'm going to have a great content marketing strategy. We're going to up the ante mm. uh, because the content also has to fit in the right stage of the buyer's journey, right? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And
1: that is, that is one, of the, one of the fantastic opportunities that we have as marketers today. I mean, we know more and more about where people are in the buying cycle. I mean, again, based on my own experience in mm. the past, I've worked with companies and, You know, the CMO says we need to get more trials or more contact sales, you know, they're thinking that's how we make connections with our customers on the web. And yes, it's true, but it's probably, you know, 5% of the number of people that you can reach. So they would be what we would call, you know, like bottom of the funnel leads. They're Mm. kind of like our MQLs. They're the ones that are, you know, ready to talk to sales, ready to make a commitment or to try our software, whatever service that we're providing. And what we would suggest is, okay, that's fine. We know how that works. We know how that machine works, and we know we can get out of it. We need to invest further up in the top of the funnel. People Mm -hmm. that are just kind of thinking around the problems, really focused on the problems, and not really aware of what the solution is. Mm -hmm. So for us, that might mean, you know, we're obviously trying to attract an audience that's interested in marketing software and sales software. We don't write articles about why our software is brilliant. We write articles about you know how to generate leads on Facebook and how to be successful on LinkedIn and how to do all these different things mm-hmm. because that 's what our audience is interested in so we 're trying to appeal to a phase prior to that mm-hmm. um, where people we under, again we, we understand their challenges we understand their pain and we 're trying to create content around that when they 're not really aware of the software and, the, and the, the products that we provide, and then over time educate them so that we 're bringing them further closer to the brand closer to the product, educating about what that is and how it can solve some of those problems. Mm-hmm. So I think understanding where people are in the biocycle, providing an experience based on that. Um, again, I mean, a lot of the, the functionality in HubSpot because because we try to educate marketers about what makes good marketing. Yeah. And because we're so passionate about personas Mm -hmm. we've developed the concept of personas we use it across we haven't developed the concept of personas but we use it across our business every area of our business Mm -hmm. so when our product teams are going okay what do we need to what do we need to build for marketers they're thinking about okay so let's take out the persona let's think about what the challenges they come across Mm -hmm. what new technology is coming around and how do we deal with that and how do we provide tools and services and and uh, resources for that for our persona to be successful so it touches every single area of our business from support to product to, to marketing to everything. And we're always thinking about, you know, if somebody is high up in the funnel and they're interested in learning about marketing, we'll provide for that. If somebody's interested in learning about the product, we'll provide for that. If we've got customers that want to be more successful with the product or want to take on other areas of marketing that will help and support them with that. So it's really just about catering for the needs of the people that you're surrounded
0: by. Yeah, that's what I love most about it. It's not about the marketer themselves. It's about... The actual clients mm-hmm. and it's not Absolutely. about the CEO and it's not if the, the uh, I actually uh, in my experience there was a case that we were building a website for a client and um, the, the director's wife didn't think the colors were pretty mm. so they changed it mm. um, it wasn't really about the persona. It wasn't about the clients. It yeah. was the wife of the director said yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't pretty. Yeah. Um, and it's difficult. I mean, I think everybody's instinct is
1: to give their opinion. I mean, I look at our website and I say, oh, we could do this different. I'm from a design background. I go, why don't we do yeah. this? And everybody has an opinion on what we could or should do. Yep. But we just have to put all that aside and say, stop for a second. Let's not write an article about how brilliant our product is or some award that we won. Because do our customer, do our readers want to read that?
0: and the likelihood is they don't. You know? mm. So why are we telling them that? You know? Well, that's a big uh, misstep uh, uh, marketers could make in yeah. uh, building a content marketing strategy. Um, can you name some other missteps or, or things people should avoid? Um,
1: yeah, so that's a big one. I think making assumptions is a dangerous one. Sometimes, sometimes you have to make some sort of assumptions to start somewhere, but I think we make too many assumptions. I think we need to understand our audience understand our market understand our data and make logical smart decisions based Mm -hmm. on facts rather than going with our gut and that's one i think um i think we should be very so i think marketing marketing was the same for a long time the approach was very very similar and along with it has come this kind of idea that marketers play with crayons all day, coloring in pictures. I'm sure you've, I'm sure you've heard that one yeah, as well. Yeah, I've been there, yeah. And like, marketing is not like that anymore. Marketing has evolved so much. Marketers are empowered now. They've got so much data. They've got so many tools that they own so much more of that buying cycle. They're responsible so, for so much more of it. And I think marketers really need to take advantage of that. They need to jump on it and they need to, to be able to demonstrate the value that they're bringing to a business. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think really understanding what's actually, what? what's in your control, what you can do with it, and how to take advantage of it. And not just sit back and just run the old playbook. I mm-hmm. think you need to continuously try new things. You need to be, as a, a person, a people manager in a, on a marketing team, you should be encouraging your team to try all sorts of different things. Don't just do the same thing you did yesterday. Try different things. If you fall, pick yourself back up. We'll learn something from it and we'll mm-hmm. move on. Um, I think, you know, just kind of going into work, doing your thing, Day after day after day, you're just going to have the same results. If you want to have remarkable results, you have to take chances.
0: Yeah, um, And I
1: think, you know, that kind of culture as well can be really valuable to a team.
0: Okay. Um, when looking at the culture, I did my research on uh, on the HubSpot culture uh, yeah. for this interview. Um, uh, this podcast is called The Better Different, and mm-hmm. we call it that way because we are on a mission to kill lame marketing and mediocre branding. <laughs> um, when looking at uh, uh, the presentations you got on SlideShare, mm. uh, being different is a big part of uh, being HubSpot. Mm. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that, the culture that you have there?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's actually fascinating. Um, I think... The culture of the company is very much about empowering people, empowering individuals. I think there's, you know, traditionally, the larger businesses get, the harder it is to kind of have an open door policy. I think, you know, if you start with, start as a, a small startup, with mm-hmm. five or six people in a room, and then you add another five or six people, and then you add 50 people, and things start getting noisy and busy and all that kind of stuff, and it's like, okay, we've got all these, we've got all these sales numbers that we may want some people to talk, look at and other people not to look at, and you know, oh, I, I, I'm doing all this kind of sensitive stuff, I need a room, I need an office, people can't come in, you have to book time with me. And all of this kind of stuff yeah. just happens, and it just creates barriers between people. Mm-hmm. I think one of the really fascinating thing about HubSpot is that this kind of open-door policy, I mean, everybody in the room has access, everybody in the company has access to everybody else in the company. Um, we have lunch and learns where, you know, it doesn't matter who you are, whether you're in the marketing team, in the product team, you could be the CEO, the CMO, it doesn't matter who you are, they come in, they share what's going on in their world, how they see the world, what's happening. Um, and so it's a very kind of, very strong kind of community of um, an open door policy and people just working together to get stuff done and mm-hmm. we're not too bogged down by rules and we encourage people, as they say, to, to try different things, make mistakes and learn from them and, and pick yourself up, dust yourself off and try something else. Um, so it's, it's a very kind of, it's almost like a startup kind of environment, it's like mm-hmm. each team feels a bit like a startup. Mm-hmm. Um, which is yeah, which is very. It's Especially very like eight hundred people right now Worldwide. We're a lot more than that. I don't yeah. actually know the total number, but we're certainly over a thousand.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Okay, you should definitely update your Wikipedia page. Yeah, yeah, we and should and do. I <laughs> should stop using Wikipedia <laughs> as actual <laughs> <sexual laughs> research material. Yeah, you. I don't <laughs> know. I, I, I honestly <laughs>
1: don't know. The numbers are crazy. I mean, I started with the company. Today is the ninth. I started with the company three years ago. In mm-hmm. two days' time. Yep. I was the 20th employee in Dublin in our, in our international, our EMEA head office. We're at like 170 or something now. We've got six offices around the world. Things are going crazy. The numbers, the the employee numbers, the revenue numbers, all of those numbers associated with the business are all following that kind of hockey stick. So yep. the speed and the acceleration um, of our growth is, is just phenomenal. Um, but to be able to retain that kind of close-knit community mm-hmm. um, is, is also it, it makes it even more impressive at that scale.
0: Great, and one of the co-founders of, the, uh, uh, of HubSpot, Brian Hedigan, he mm-hmm. actually coined the term inbound marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, coming from the inventors of inbound marketing, mm-hmm. I mean, I, uh, I went a bit quick there, but um, can you give some inside tips to everybody who's listening right now, whether it be an entrepreneur or managing mm-hmm. a startup or being a student mm-hmm. or CMO of a uh, Fortune 500 company? Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have some inside tricks you can sh- uh, share which will uh, help them grow? Um, so I think really what you need to do,
1: you need to sit down and think about, think about your audience. You have to nail your audience. So we've mentioned it before, get your mm-hmm. persona down. Understand exactly who your persona is. Um, take an honest, hard look at your website, both the, the corporate part, if you like, uh, what describes your products and your service and also your blog. Take a really hard look at your social media. Think about the content that you're actually putting out there, and think about do people want to consume that, and answer those hard questions. And the reality is, for a lot of businesses, when they look at it, they'll say, "Hang on, that's actually my message. That's not a message for the, that's not based, uh, that's not a message that people want to consume. It's a mm-hmm. message that I want them to consume." So take a hard look and be honest with yourself about the how you're approaching your marketing. Um, I think knowing your audience, producing content that, for them. And then basically just make a commitment. You know, try it for a couple of hours a week. And then mm-hmm. as you see the results come in, you're going to want to try more. It's, you know, to use the gym analogy, you'll, yep. you'll be unfit for a while. You'll start to feel a bit better. You'll start to feel stronger. You'll add a little bit more. And all of a sudden you'll be up and running and you'll start to see the hockey stick effect. So go for it, you know, make a commitment to try
0: it and you'll see the results. All right. Thanks very much for this opportunity. I'm really looking forward to your presentation tomorrow here mm-hmm. in Brussels at the, uh, at the HubSpot event. Mm-hmm. Um, for right now, in the pre-interview, we talked a little bit about, about Jameson Whiskey and that being yeah. huge in Ireland. <laughs> I suggest we go down to the hotel bar and let's, uh, let's go try one. And... That sounds fantastic. Okay, thanks a lot. All right, cheers. Check out betterdiffer.com for additional content on inbound marketing and a selection of the best slides from Ian's presentation at Grow with HubSpot in Brussels. You listened to this interview completely ad-free, so please support us by sharing this episode wherever you see fit and sign up for the Better Different Movement newsletter on our website for more propaganda about our mission to kill mediocrity. If you have any feedback or guest suggestions, send me an email on dennis at thebetterdifferent.com or on Twitter at dennisvdlo. We are The Better Different. Thanks for listening.